Super Talk Mississippi media production. And now it's Coast View with Ricky Matthews. Brought to you by J. Allen Toyota, Gulf Coast Business Supply, and AGJ Systems and Networks on Super Talk 103.1 FM. Welcome back to Coast View. I really enjoyed that conversation with Josh Morgan, the hurricane chaser, iCyclone, the top hurricane chaser in the world. He made Bay St. Louis his home last year, and uh, he's back again this year. So we'll have the, the benefit of talking to him throughout the season. He's a hurricane historian, a hurricane expert, and uh, boy, did he experience a, a, a dramatic season last year. Let's hope it's not a dramatic season this year. This year. So uh, without any further ado, let's move over to my friend Jeff Duncan from The Athletic. He's covered the Saints more than anyone else on earth. How you doing, Jeff? Ricky, I'm doing great, man. I'm looking forward to another uh, great week here in New Orleans. Uh, it's the dog days have hit us. Uh, you know what that's like. Every uh, I do. Every day is the same. It's like Groundhog Day over here. But I'm looking forward to the start of football season. It's going to be here right before you know it. Well, you know, hey, let me let's focus on one thing. I always say Jeff Duncan from the Athletic, but for people in coastal Mississippi who know WVUE, you've actually been doing commentary for them all along. And when I was uh, president of NOLA Media Group uh, and publisher of the Times Speaking and NOLA.com, we had this great partnership with WVUE. We we won you know we won awards together, Peabody Awards together, and did amazing work together. But you've continued to do your commentary, and uh, you've got a really good association with them and then you know you you've uh, you, you're sort of a, a a multimedia expert you do of course coach for you with me every friday but that that partnership with wvue is pretty significant isn't it yeah it's a great team uh, kudos to you and uh working out that arrangement as far as partnerships because it's been very very fruitful and i think uh, a great learning experience for me getting to do tv work uh that team at, at fox 8 is just tremendous, Juan Kincaid and that whole crew. Uh, we not only do I do my commentaries every Monday night after Saints games during football season, but actively involved making regular appearances on final play and overtime shows. Uh, they do more, uh, we do more, I should say, local sports content than any TV station in town. We have the largest sports staff in town, and it's been a lot of fun along with my good friend, Deuce McAllister. We're kind of the Saints analysts uh, for Fox 8. So we have a great time putting together those shows. And, and as you know, Fox carries most of the Saints games. Uh, so it's really been a, a very productive partnership. Yeah, I've been I've been pleased to see and people all they have to do is go to the WVUE website and uh, look up your commentary. Uh, they'll you'll see that there. Um, you know, like all, like all other TV stations, like radio stations, that you know the digital arm at WVUE is very strong. So if you don't have access to that signal, you can still have access to to Jeff. It is uh, it is the way it is. You, you can put an app on your TV and have access to it. That's you know that's one of the ways that I do. But it's a great it's a really a fine radio station. Oh, excuse me, TV station. We're we're a fine radio station, um, but they're a fine TV station, and the investigative reporting that they do, they're they're, they're a sister station to WLOX, for a matter of fact. So, the investigative reporting they do through uh, Lee Zurich is literally some of the best in the country, isn't it? Yeah, and uh, a little shameless plug: Lee Zurich and I are working on a big, a big story that's going to come out uh, towards the start of football season, and I'm sure it's going to be broadcast over there with our sister station. Uh, about Saints Pelicans. Uh, I won't go any further than that, but I think 
Uh, it's going to be a big splash right before the start of football season. We worked on it for a number of months together. Lee and I go back decades in the business, and he is a true pro, I think one of the best in the country. Uh, so this partnership, he and I worked on a story a year ago on the uh, Field of Dreams project in the in the Ninth Ward, and this is the second time we've got a chance to work together. I really enjoy it. He is, well, first of all, he's a good guy, but he is a really, really good investigative reporter. He is dogged. He is data-based. He is fact-based. He's not the kind of gotcha guy. He really focuses on uh, getting the story right and getting the story deeply told uh, that, that are stories that are important community you know, stories. Uh, this, you know, we knew this from our long years in, in, in uh, media, Jeff, but it is amazing how important it is to shine the light of day on people who are in positions of power, isn't it? Yeah, and uh, Lee is as good as anybody at doing that, and that's our role in, in, in as journalists is to stand up to power and also to uh, just report the truth, and Lee has always been guided by that. That's his divining rod, and it's really a lot of fun to get the chance to work with him and learn how to do it in a broadcast medium, because my whole background, of course, has always been print, uh, and as you said earlier, I mean, that's that's the way the industry's going, Ricky. You have to have multimedia training and the ability to tell stories on different platforms. So it's been really rewarding for me in my career to get a chance to get this experience. Yeah, you are. You're. I would think that you're a pretty sought-after commodity these days. Your, your connections. I mean, your your depth of resources. Your your depth of sources. <laughs> Whoo. Man, I mean, no one can tell the story better than you. I, I, what I remember, again, we'll, we'll move on after this, but what I remember is when the, um, when the Benson family feud uh, erupted, you're the one who broke the story. You're the one who, you're, you, you led that story f from the very beginning. And, uh, and you did it in a way that was accurate and fact-based, and you came out of it and, and, uh, and you told the story accurately. It all played out the way it played out. And you can always tell a good reporter when, when they get done, they don't burn bridges when they, when they get done. They still have amazing sources. In your case, uh, Ms. Benson, the Saints organization, I think they all appreciated the fact that you, you were so focused on making sure that story was accurately told. And as a result of doing that, your sources trust you, don't they? Well, I've been fortunate in that regard, yes. I mean, it helps that I've had longevity here in the New Orleans market. And if you think about it, Ricky, just the unusual nature of the New Orleans Saints, their stability. Uh, and from Gail Benson to Dennis Lausha to Mickey Loomis to Sean Payton on the football side, the business operations executives, uh, there's really been real unprecedented stability there. So it's helped to build those relationships because we've, we've gone through a number of stories together, worked on stories together, uh, and I'm not having to meet new people every five years, which is kind of the, the pattern in, in pro sports. It's very unusual to have this front office intact as long as they've been. And I think that's helped uh, on both sides earn and develop trust. Well, you know, it's not just Dean, it's not just Mickey, it's not just Miss Benson, but it's all their gatekeepers. <laughs> and, and, and 
you know, they could they could pretty quickly banish you if they felt like you were a reporter they didn't trust. So the fact that you've been able to maintain that over all these years is really amazing. And as you and I both know, Dean, Dean and Mickey are terrific guys. They're they're really working hard to to run a first class organization in the Saints. And and now with all the work that they're doing on the Pelican side, it's taking time. As you and I discussed before, as Mickey Loomis told me once, it's one of the great experiments in, in the United States. Having, you know, ownership group for an NFL franchise and an NBA franchise play out simultaneously. And they're serious about getting this done, which is probably why the level of excellence that they expect in the Pelicans is not where it needs to be, which is why they were making a co- coaching change. So maybe we'll just segue into what's the latest on that. Yeah, they're hot and heavy in the middle of it right now. And, um, you know, David Griffin's running that charge. He's got to get this right, Ricky. I mean, they've gone through now the two coaches, Alvin Gentry and, of course, Stan Van Gundy. And the clock is ticking on the Zion Williamson tenure. So, uh, a lot on the line for David Griffin. Uh, Gail Benson has invested multi-million dollars, uh, mul- mil- millions and billions in the in the front office, uh, adding positions, uh, bolstering the executive level, uh, hiring also in the uh, training and conditioning team. They're expecting results. They've got to get this right. And the problem in a small market is that sometimes it takes time to, to put these things together and, and to win. And I think that's the crunch that David Griffin feels right now, trying to win while trying to also develop sustained success the way Oklahoma City has done it, the way San Antonio has done it. Uh, That's what you have to do in small markets in the NBA. But time is not on their side. They've got to get this right with this hire. Uh, There's some some young assistants out there they're very high on, a guy named Willie Green in, in Phoenix, who's right now in the middle of the Western Conference Finals, a guy named Charles Lee, who's a lead assistant for the Milwaukee Bucks, also in the Eastern Conference Finals. I think those are the two lead candidates right now in the running, both younger play, uh, younger former players that can relate to the current uh, younger players in the league. I think that's a, a big factor for David Griffin in the front office to find somebody uh, that, that is younger maybe that can relate to this young roster they have. You know, what's interesting, Jeff, you look at the current finals. I mean, you just just sort of alluded to two of the teams engaged in that. You're, you're, you're seeing that that for for a while there, we thought there was, it was going to be the age of the super teams, you know, the, the Lakers, for example. And what you're seeing is that you do have more control over the destiny of your team than you realize. And they just, you know, by bringing in great leadership and good coaching and making the right kind of player moves and spending some money. They can change the course of destiny, can't they? Yeah, very much so. And look, the Phoenix Suns are a great example. A year ago, they didn't make the playoffs. They were under 500. They go out and add Chris Paul, a couple other veterans around their core, young roster, guys like DeAndre Ayton uh, and Devin Booker. And look at them. They're they're on the verge of making their first finals appearance in uh, over a decade. Turned it around very quickly. And I think the same thing could happen here if they make the right hire in the right moves personnel-wise to fit around Zion Williamson. When we come back, we're going to talk a little bit more about this conversation we've been having about Jameis Winston. Jess says, don't don't ordain him so quick. Don't ordain him so quick. We'll talk about that in just a minute. We'll see you after this break. Listen live or on demand and watch episodes of Coast View on your laptop, desktop, or on your phone or tablet by going to supertalkmsgulfcoast.com. Talking to the people that help make the coast such a unique place to live. 
This is Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. Welcome back to Coast View. We have Jeff Duncan from The Athletic joining us. Hey, Jeff, we're going we're gonna to get into the Saints next, and, um, and I, I want to get into that as it relates to James. But real quick, the, the mayor this week had a conference about crime in New Orleans. And I wanted to ask you, because you're, you, you're a New Orleanian, um, do you feel safe in the city these days? I definitely do. I've felt safe ever since I've lived here. I actually feel much safer now than when I first moved to New Orleans in 2000. Uh, you know, I've lived uptown my entire life, the uptown neighborhood. I feel very safe. I know there's random crime here. There's no doubt about it. It's an issue. Uh, but... I've lived here two decades and never had one incident. I, I guess I'm either fortunate or I think if you just use common sense in the city, uh, you can avoid some of these incidents that I think are that plague people. Uh, you just got to know where to go, when to go. And uh, again, I've, I've never felt unsafe here. I've never had one single thing happen to me. Uh, so I try and tell people a lot of these headlines you get can seem sensational. But for someone that lives here and all my friends, I don't know anybody in my in my friend group that's had any issues uh, for as long as we've lived here. Well, you know, I lived in the warehouse district, Ann and I did when we were there. And, you know, I ran along the river and all through the French Corner and, I mean, almost every day, actually, and never felt unsafe. Uh, what we're seeing, you know, there's a... There is a huge issue in certain parts of the city as it relates to gang activity and a lot of, you know, 50% of African-American men in the city are unemployed. And it's just, there's and the pandemic sort of exacerbated some of that. So it's usually very targeted crime and the city's focused on it. They're working really, really hard to do something about it. But um, but I, I, I personally never felt unsafe there the whole time I was in New Orleans, not one time. So it's good to hear you say that. Yeah, like and I would think, encourage people to come visit. It's unbelievable cities. You know, it's a, a world-class destination, global destination market. And I've been out the last few weekends around town. Uh, the economy's coming back. The restaurant scene is coming back now that more people are being vaccinated. Uh, it's starting to feel normal again. And man, do we need that. So uh, I would encourage people not to be concerned with some of these headlines and get out and see the city for themselves, because I, I just think it's a it's the most distinctive American city that we have. European have a couple, influence. It's just amazing. Yeah, it is. I have a couple of very, very close friends who have places over there and they they spend just about every weekend there and and actually three now that I think about it. And they all love it. They love I mean, the city is easy to fall in love with. Let's face it. Um, <clears throat> OK. Jameis Winston, he keeps getting sort of crowned, and the competition has barely even started yet. Talk about that. Well, it hasn't even started. You know, it's going to start during training camp when they start up in late July, Ricky. And I just feel like everyone is anointing Jameis as the winner of the competition before it's ever even begun. And I, I think it's going to be completely wide open. I mean, when Sean Payton says – there's going to be a competition. He means it. I don't know why uh, people have just because Jameis Winston's working out in the offseason uh, with some teammates doesn't mean he's got the job. He's going to have to win it in practice in the preseason games. And I would not count out Taysom Hill at all. I think it's going to be fascinating to see how this plays out. Both guys have great strengths. Uh, and I just feel like for some reason, people assume it's Jameis Winston's job to lose. And uh, I think Taysom Hill is going to have something to say about that. 
So what you're telling us is Taysom's got his game face on. Sure, he knows the both of these guys know the opportunity at hand. They have a chance to lead a playoff caliber roster with one of the great offensive minds in the history of the game, Sean Payton. So there's a tremendous opportunity for them in their careers. They're both basically on one-year deals, Ricky. So this is it. They know it's kind of a prove-it year for them, and their careers could fork one way or the other. They could go on and be journeyman backups, which is not a bad way to make a living, or they become starters in in New Orleans with this incredible roster around them. Uh, that, I think, is what both of them knows at stake. And uh, it's going to be fun to see this competition play out. I haven't seen a quarterback competition with the Saints in almost two decades. It's been a long time to something like this to happen because of Drew Brees' long longevity. And competition breeds excellence. So it'll be interesting. You know, it, it, things that we don't now anticipate will happen, and it will be very interesting to watch. You have been signaling for some time now that Ryan Ramchak was going to sign uh, a new deal. Boy, did he sign one. Tell me about that. Yeah, five years, over $90 million with incentives. He's the highest paid right tackle in the league. And it makes perfect sense for the Saints to lock him up. We knew that that was a top priority for them. Uh, they now have some, they had some cap room that they could make this happen. I'm sure it's a backloaded deal. I haven't seen the structure yet. But Ryan Rabchuk is a core player. I, he eventually will be the starting left tackle uh, once Taron Armstead moves on. Uh, but right now you have secured the best tackle tandem in the league with Armstead and Ramchek. He's part of that great 2017 draft class. Uh, they've already locked up Alvin Kamara long-term. They're probably going to do the same thing with Marcus Williams. So that class continues to be the core foundation for this post-Drew Brees era. We could only hope that we could have another draft with that kind of success. I mean, books books will be written about that one for sure. You probably will write it. <laughs> um, Jeff, thank you for visiting with us. And, uh, you know, yeah, we really enjoy visiting with you on a weekly basis. You've had so much value to coast you, and I can't tell you how much I appreciate it. Well, thank you for having me on, Ricky. I love it and look forward to talking to you again next week. Okay, buddy. This has been Jeff Duncan. Have a great weekend. We'll see you on Monday. Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1 on Facebook. Facebook.com slash Super Talk MS Coast 103.1. A Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.